0: Hi guys, and welcome back to the MJ podcast. So this is the second part with Stephen Jones. Last week, we left you on me currently being arrested and then being taken into um, custody. Um, so we're going to pick up straight from there, Stephen.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, for those who just missed last week, uh, it was very harrowing. Um, Mark enjoyed it, uh, endured, I should say, uh, incredible amount of pain in his life, basically wasted on drinking drugs, uh, suffered from things way back in his upbringing and his lack of ability to, to talk about it, kept everything um, internal and, um, and then lost it completely right at the end after going through a horrible repro- uh, rehab process at uh, revelations about his, his, his natural father. Uh, and um, after one blow up, uh, Mark, uh, we left you in, in, uh, in prison. So where did we go from there?
0: um so kind of after i'd got back from prison i was waiting for i just got home i'd carried on with my old behaviors you know the drink the drugs and i was just waiting for it to come out in the press and i'd been given my a court date so um the court date was two weeks after the incidents and for that two weeks it, it didn't come out in the press and i then went to went to court manchester magistrates went to court and um the case got adjourned the case got adjourned for another week the lawyer had wanted to kind of get some more get some more information some more evidence um to to forth towards a towards a court so it got adjourned for a week so again for another week it didn't come out in the press and I I got home you know I carried on with my my usual behaviors and then it started you know building up to this court date when I was going to get when I was going to get given the hearing and I know a lot, a lot of things have got thrown around, you know, I could have gone to jail for up to 16 months. Um, were
1: you expecting that? Uh, were you told to expect a jail sentence?
0: I was told to expect a jail sentence. Mm.
1: And and, and you're, you're at this stage, your partner and, uh, and your daughter must have been really uh, at their wit's end about you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll delve into that in a minute, but yeah. I so I went into court and I I got given eighty hours community service you know a big a big fine um, and then you know that was it uh, put on probate, probation for uh, for two years so I have to check in with probation officer um, you know once a week uh, unpaid community service work so that came out and then I got home the day after the court and again, it hadn't come out in the press and it took seven, seven days and then it still wasn't out in the press. So I was like, you know, I've, I've gotten away with this. It's not going to be in the press. And then 10 days later it was, um, I think the sun released a newspaper article and then a load of others jumped on the, on the bandwagon started releasing articles and fuck, like it was just, you know, relentless one after the other, I was getting, I was getting messages on Facebook, messages on Twitter, people messaging me on my Instagram. You know, calling me a piece of shit for what I'd done, and and I was a piece of shit for what I'd done. And all this came kind of crashing down over a couple of days, just constantly messages, um, constantly reports coming back to me. Because um, in the in the actual sentence, nothing had really come 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 out about my past and what had happened leading up to. Um, my arrest so from the outside looking in i you know from from what the articles reflect i was just a rugby player who was in this house who'd gone on a gone on a bender and then did this foul foul malfront to mm-hmm. you know um, emergency service workers so i was really really backed up against the wall in terms of nobody actually knowing what the circumstances behind my actions were so I I released a statement on Twitter saying pretty much everything we've spoke about earlier. Just saying, you know, I was adopted and I've always had addiction problems. I've never been able to cope with myself. I've always had these demons. And I just said, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and fight these demons and I wanna I wanna become a better person. So I was backed into a corner and then I had to I had to release that not out of my will of wanting to but just to Give people just a bit of a background to what's been happening in my mind for so many years
1: did you um having said that you know you knew and, and uh, everything that had happened but were you still sorry for uh, at the time for causing trouble to obviously your family but also the police um you know or, or were you just so uh, on on drinking drugs and so low that you hardly thought about that
0: at the at the time when I when it was going on, as I said, like, I, I didn't give a fuck. Like I, I didn't care what I was doing. I didn't care who was in front of me. I don't I didn't care anything. I didn't care about myself. Um I didn't care about myself at all like and after that after that happened, my my ex partner had put up with so much over the years of of, of what of what my behavior was coming back after three or four days, constant alcohol and drugs. And especially the last couple of months, like our baby was only a couple of months old and I was carrying on with these behaviors probably, probably worse and, and leaving her to look after the baby all the time. I wasn't around. I wouldn't change the nappies. I wouldn't get up in the night with the baby. Um, I just didn't care. I, I didn't care about myself. How could I care about anybody, anybody else rather than me? i was just so dark into a into a ditch and you know she made the decision and it was the best decision she'd ever made to to get up and Mm. to get up and leave and take the baby with her and you know that is the best decision she she made and especially over the last couple of months now since i've changed like she she knows how far i've come as a person like she she's she's got videos of like when I've come back from a night out and I'm physically having a panic attack that she's shown me to try and say to me, Look, look what you're fucking doing to yourself. Mm. Look what you're doing to yourself. I'm I'm on the couch having panic attacks. Like she's got videos of this. And she's always tried to try to get me better, but I've never wanted to. And that's something else that I touched on last week, just saying, You can go and see psychologists and you can go and see psychiatrists and you can see a life coach and you can see whoever you want. But if you don't want to get better yourself and you don't want to make changes, no one's gonna make it for you. You have to make that decision. Right. Fine. We
1: we we leave it. Uh, we left it at, at the sentence and the community service and, and etc. I mean, uh, was the community service uh, in any way useful or was it just pre- pretty bad? So community service,
0: I I'd get sent off with you know other lads that had that had um, been arrested, sold drugs, or you know domestic abuse or just an array of different things and we'd go out into we'd go out and do gardening in the community or we'd be sent to charity shops where we'd we'd work in you know various charity shops pricing up stuff um working nine to five and i had 80 hours so i was just going from place to place doing that and you know i didn't enjoy it i didn't enjoy it at all um but it was the price I had to pay for what I did. And at the time, like I said at the start of the first interview, that a lot of the stuff I said in the first interview was bullshit. Like I was still using drugs and I was still using alcohol. And the first half of that community service, I didn't buy into it at all. I was, I was, I, everything I was saying to my probation officer was bullshit, saying I was trying to stay sober and, you know, I was trying to better myself. I'm looking for a job and everything was just bullshit. And it was just going around in a, a continuous circle.
1: Mm, were you also talking bullshit to uh, to Michael and the RPA guys who, who were trying to look after you? So I wasn't. I wasn't
0: talking bullshit to them. I think with them, they'd always they'd, they'd always give me the best possible chance in terms of sending me to the psychiatrist and the psychologist and trying to, trying to get that help. But because I was so reveled in myself and not wanting to get better and just thinking it was always dark and not having any motivation and just having a real victim mentality when, you know, I kept blaming the world for everything that had happened to me. And, um, I had all these opportunities that I I could have got, got better and RPA threw me, threw me a lot of lifelines and, um, I didn't use these to my advantage and as I said before you can you can get all the help in the world but if you don't want to do it yourself then
1: it's not going to work how um do things um when you've you'd finished your sentence etc um how did things pan out after that
0: um so after I I finished my sentence I I kind of you know after we had our interview that year I just (laughs) Didn't really look for a job. I, I put on a lot of weight, like a couple of stone. Um, I obviously got paid out from when I when I'd left rugby, so this money dried up very quickly over 12 months, and it dried up really quick when every day I was spending it on alcohol and and drugs and throwing parties at, at the place I was staying at. You know, I was having three or four day benders, looking around on the couch, looking around my living room and seeing people I'd never seen in my life. And recognising maybe one or two people in the in the room that weren't even people that I knew. Um, yeah. Just a familiar face. And that went on for, you know, a, a good stretch of the year. And I got to a point then when I obviously had no money. And I, I was kind of looking for a job. And I'd had a few rugby clubs that had reached out to me in, in regards of coaching, like just local teams. And... This is when I, I kind of start on where the, where the Kennedys come in. So Brian Kennedy, who used to own Sell Sharks. His his son, Johnny, um, who I've been friends with for years, he, he came to me and said, look, um, Wimslow, which was Brian Kennedy's club, said they're looking for a coach. Would you be interested in getting involved there? And, you know, it'd be good for you mentally and just give you some direction again. So I had a, a couple of meetings of a guy called Mike Blackett there who who now has become quite a significant kind of character in, in my life. Um, and just told me kind of the culture down there at the club and saying, how oh, all the lads are good lads and, you know, you'll fit right in. So yeah, I took the, I took the lunge and, and they took the lunge as well because I had this reputation. I think, you know, it it just come off the press really months, eight months earlier about um, everything I'd done with regards to the police. So, as an image for the club it wasn't really a good image having me having me come there but mm-hmm. i started getting a bit of purpose from that and obviously then i couldn't pay for the rent on the on the house anymore so i was in effect about to be homeless and danny kennedy who's, who's another one of the kennedys who who actually plays at wimslow who who's one of my best best mates now he came to me and said um you know we own a hotel and you know if you're going to be homeless you can you know we'll put you up in there so so fuck I was like mate I appreciate that a lot like I I then moved into the hotel started 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 playing um started playing and coaching at Wimslow started finding a bit of direction and and having that that culture again in a change room that wasn't as high ramp as you know professional rugby where Mm -hmm. it's you know you've got people that are in the same position as you that you're trying to trying to be better than, or, you know, there's a lot of alpha males and there's a lot of egos around. It was just people that were playing not for money, just to have a fucking good time with the mates mm-hmm. and, you know, a few beers on a Saturday after a game and just that culture. So it was really enlightening for me and it was, and it was, it was just great for me in terms of, I had no ego with it. Like I'd, I'd obviously played professional rugby for eight years, but I really opened my mind to the fact that these lads were, you know they hadn't played professional rugby, but I wanted to learn off them and and kind of soak everything in that I could, and I think that's probably where I started making just 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 a few small changes um, to the way I started acting. Mm. What what
1: what 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 changed first? What were the small changes? You talk about less drink, less drugs, or or so or what? so
0: yeah. So it kind of around around November while well, I was still living in the hotel and and Johnny Kennedy. Um, came to the hotel and, you know, we'd had a conversation with Brian and he owns a a company called Nubia, which is a a brain health supplement. And, you know, I've obviously got the sporting background and and I was lucky enough to play in age groups with a lot of the the players that are playing now. So I had quite good links and said, you know, we're like come into the office and we'll get you in a routine and we'll help you out and we'll get you working some hours. And um, I started working at Nubia and... And it was just like the the relationship I've got with the Kennedys now and Jordan as well, who owns a hotel is like, these guys have become my, my brothers, really. Um, Talking about that, um, they, over Christmas is always a dark time for me, obviously, because of the family connection. And it's always a hard time for me. I really get down low around that time and, you know. They said to me, come round to ours for Christmas, come round ours for New Year. So I was round there for Christmas, New Year. I was just overwhelmed and, you know, humbled by um, how they could let me into the, you know, their family environment with everything that happened to me. You know, they invited my daughter over and, um, you know, I really just saw some faith in humanity in conversations that I've had with Johnny and, and Danny, Jordan and Brian just over the last couple of months of, Really, just kind of switched my my brain on, and, and I started I started just just thinking of alternatives to the way I was living. Mm. So I re so how I started everything was I had to have a, a real real good look at myself and the way I'd become over that two year period and and the rest of my life as well. I was someone who relied on alcohol on drugs. Um, I didn't know who I was as a person. There's still lots of things about my childhood that I still don't know about, you know. Um, So I never actually found myself. I didn't know who I was and I never had difficult conversations with my mind. I'd never, I'd never peeled back um, issues that I'd have. So I I just looked at at myself in the mirror and I started writing down the things about me that weren't aspects that I wanted to be known as or, (laughs) That, that was Mark Jennings like what was my makeup and with the addiction I touched on it on, the, on that first podcast, the addiction, the alcohol, the drugs had started for me from such a young age. that's all I knew that's all I relied on for so many years. I got I got these couples of couples of pages of paper and I wrote on them every single thing that I hated about drugs and alcohol. all the heartache it caused me, all the the money, the relationship issues, daughter issues going out on a friday night supposed to be seeing my daughter on a saturday and not coming back and then not having my daughter for a weekend because i'm, I'm having alcohol so i wrote all these things down and i read these things every single day for two months and after that when anybody asked me if, if i wanted a drink or to go out or anything i just said no and mm-hmm. that was that was a huge huge change for me and that's re- really where it began and my weight um like if you go on my instagram page you'll be able to see how big i got i got over 20 kilos to what i am now and i started off just walking a kilometer and i not listening to music like i needed to get in touch with my mind the mind was the one thing for me that was that was keeping me away from achieving anything remotely anything like i hadn't I hadn't I hadn't achieved anything because my mind had so many restrictions so i, I started walking a kilometer um you know my mind was telling me no it wasn't the usual it was it wasn't my comfort it was it was, it was horrible for me and everything mm. was telling me no, but I carried on going and I started building just this mental toughness and I'd have conversations with myself and really break down my, my behaviors. Cause you know, I said it in the, in the podcast with James O'Connor, I was a piece of shit. I hadn't worked for however long I'd ruined the relationship with my, with my daughter, with, with my ex-partner, with people around me. I had no friends and I really needed to, to get back to the foundations of what I'd done. And a huge thing is discipline, um, self-discipline. And I put on um, Instagram today just saying, the only ceiling to your success is your self-discipline. You can go as far as you want to go in life once you bring yourself under control. And mm. that is the biggest thing that has ever resonated with me. The self-discipline I've got now, um has drove me into changing my habits changing my routine and giving me goals each day that i want to do
1: it's funny mark because it wasn't i think everyone in this in this uh, situation who's been as deep down as you you always think it's going to be one thing that's going to change like it's going to be cold turkey in south africa or it's going to be going to prison but in your case it's it's it it came upon you more gradually. Well, that you didn't have just a moment where you think, shit, I'm gonna throw everything away. It came upon you gradually with the Kennedys, and then it, then Christmas, and then suddenly you put you get this piece of paper out. Would that be fair to say?
0: Yeah, I I I think it was in that moment when I just looked at myself in the mirror and and said, I need to change now. Like I had that conversation in the mirror, and I said I needed to change now. Where am I going to be in? where am I going to be in five years dead? Where am I going to be in 12 months dead? Where am I going to be in, you know, a couple of weeks? And I needed to, I needed to really strict back. And these are the conversations and that people don't want to have with themselves. And it's just, addicts become very selfish people. They are selfish people. And you really need to just be completely open and honest with you. Anything that you tolerate as a human being, you won't you won't get better at, you won't cancel out. You need to You need to have the ability to hate some of the things that you tolerate. So for me, I needed to look at the things in my life which I was tolerating, which were bad habits, which is the alcohol, the drugs, my timekeeping, um, my patience with people, break them down, work on them each day and just be driven to become um, a better person and also talking on about that with, with different issues and people say to me, oh, you know, that's a really big issue, but my, my issue is only this every single what? issue affects people differently and if it, if you've got an issue that's that's enough to kind of for you to bring it up don't sweep it under the carpet because i did that with every single issue i had and the carpet becomes so so big that everything is blurted out at once
1: do you do, 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 do you think though that it's, it's this it's the you've got to start somewhere so the people who are listening who are, who are struggling badly wherever whatever they're wherever they're, wherever they're struggling, what what is the first step because surely the first step to have an, a, a good drink is so much easier to do than not to have a good drink so how how do people start the process of of, of externalizing stuff and all that
0: so this is the thing this is this is where we talk about comfort zone and because and I think I'm the biggest example of it here. 26 years, I've been in my comfort zone. And as soon as you leave that comfort zone and you start having a conversation with yourself internally internally, and you say, you know, drugs are bad for you, um, why are you not making the most of your time at the office? Why are, you not, why are you not becoming the person you want to become? And you instantly, and a lot of people just get their back up straight away. They don't want to have them conversations. And it's so fucking easy. It's black and white. Anybody I've spoke to and actually got down to their issues that have been depressed, once you get to their issues, they, they know what they can do to, to sort them issues out. But it's that initial four, five, six weeks of putting in that fucking hard work that mm. people don't want to do. And that's where you start. You need to, You need to write down exactly the issues. And you know yourself better than anybody else what your problems are. And I knew exactly what every single problem that I had in my life was. And just from having taken out 24 hours of my life and, and, and accumulating a list of all the, all the things that had that, that held me back in the past and things that I'd gone over in my mind and then started to be consistent and, and build some discipline in my life where I can start nullifying these things and move on to the next section.
1: Do, do you think that um, there is no one uh, you 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 have been in some horrendous places. Do you think that if there's anyone listening who thinks that they could not ever get any worse and will never get better, do you think there's actually hope for everyone, No 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 matter how low you are,
0: there's hope for every single person. And I think I'm living proof of that. I've been in you know times like I've said with absolutely nothing in the bank, no friends around me, no family around me, um, wanting to jump off a bridge, wanting to take pills, wanting to drink myself to death. You've just got to You. – everybody's got this little flame inside of them. And the mind is what ignites that little flame. As soon as you engage your mind and just take it back, like it literally was for me one decision. And I'd been in the darkest of the darkest places. And I just said to myself, I'm not fucking living like this anymore. I want to start living like I want to be here. I, I've got a daughter. I've got – all these different things that that are a why, but I just don't want to do it because I'm I'm so stuck in the darkness. And if you if you start making changes, and especially people that are depressed, and this is such a big thing for me since since going more into depression, that as I said earlier with the with the Narcotics Anonymous and the Alcoholics Anonymous, there's no scan on your brain to say that you've got depression. And every time I've had depression, I've always lost my purpose or not had a goal or just been been dark and and I just really been, had that victim mentality. Once I've just wrote down a few little things that I wanted to get better at, and then these things accumulated and accumulated. And as soon as you start doing these things, you start finding purpose in life. And that's what did it's you, all about, just having purpose. You,
1: one thing that you and James O'Connor said last week uh, in the first uh, MJ podcast, though, was, as well as writing stuff down for yourself, is, is talking. Because clearly, James, when he came over, wasn't... It wasn't uh, inclined to talk to you know all these guys you would never met before but you both admitted that just talking lets you out of the prison a little bit
0: yeah it, it that that's where you begin as well like if you can if you can open up to people and every conversation you have with another human being around something that we perceive in this day and age now to be vulnerable about talking about your mental health even though every single person on this planet has problems and issues as soon as you start speaking to somebody else about your mental health problems and struggles, you always walk away from that conversation feeling a lot better. You've you've lifted the weight, and you always have a closer relationship to that person. And this can this can happen every day. Like relationships with people, you might be in a relationship with somebody. Open up to them, and 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 start building that energy. Be able to be open about your situations and this is the thing about mental health when people say mental health it people just think doom and gloom but every single person has mental health and it's like you talk about these issues they they come out in the open you'll find other people that have that have delved with it and helped with it this way and and deal with it this way and you find little little things on the on your journey that you're able to take and this is this is why i started this podcast for that exact reason for people to listen to this and think oh fuck you know listen to how bad that got but listen to just from changing the mindset and starting to become positive and finding these little goals and putting them together and starting to drive it and being motivated like you are your king you are your queen of your mind and you can be that way you just need to have that mentality when you want to fight and and as you said before like it's hard at the start but like every single morning now like i I've been sober, I haven't touched any drugs, I haven't done anything like my alarm Kate w- wakes up and I just want to put my foot first and I want to see that sunset every morning. And, and these are these are things that I never wanted to do before. By living this way and trying to be as positive as I can on this earth and to every human around me. all?
1: sorry, just say that again. Every human around you, what, what else should you say then?
0: Um, just just living that way and being positive. You'll just see the changes it makes within
1: you and Sure. Were you? um, um, Are there always going to be dangers to sort of tap you on the shoulder?
0: I think this is it with everybody, and this is what a lot of people don't understand as well. There's never an end goal with life. There's obviously death, but as you, as a person, evolving all the time, there's there's never an end goal. And for me, from where I've come from, there's always there's always going to be. I've always had that life in the past and I've always had the alcohol addic- addictions and the issues with drugs. And for me now, I'll always be sober. Why would I wanna? Why would I wanna take something that's mind-altering? And I've found myself and who I am the last five months from a life of 26 years of taking drugs, taking alcohol. And now I'm starting to understand who I am as a person, which I've never done. I'm starting to, like, I've learned that I like designing. I've learned that I like, you know all these different things like I've, I've learned these from being sober and having a clear mind and i think alcohol is such a big a huge part of that as well just you know how many people wake up in the morning and the, the alarm goes off and then they don't want to they don't want to go to work because they're in like a, a bullshit job that they don't want to go to and then they're around colleagues that they're forced to be with and then they're on the phone all day with this different persona um you know, being a different person and they finish work and then they're out all weekend spending all the money then they've got no money. And this is the, the circle that people are living in every single day. And that's why depression's so big. And people, the biggest thing I can say to anybody is spend an hour of your day just going outside and exercise. When you get outside in the fresh air, physiologically you change, phys- physically you change. All these things start changing. You know, Dopamine comes, all these feel good things come and being alone with your mind helps you reflect and helps you start coming to at one with yourself. And these are things that I do every single day. I wake up at four every day and I go for a walk and I reflect. And you just need to start being in
1: contact. You're in -hmm. your brain 24 hours a day. Um, Do you find that um, uh, people now react to you in a much different way? Even your friends must have thought, blimey, I'm going to give up here. Do you find that there's more sympathy and and more love out there as you're reconnecting with people
0: yeah like i said before when when you're when you're the alcoholic when you're when you're the drug addicts people that want to be around you 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 get a certain type of energy and this is something i picked up on um the energy you have when you're an alcoholic or a drug addict you you get people that will come to you drawn to you that are exactly the same characteristics so since I've changed and started living sober, since I've started trying to better myself every day, get out of my comfort zone, um, try and enlighten other people, friendship groups change, you're you're drawn by other people with similar energy. And that's a huge thing about your journey. And you'll see that, and that's when you know that you're doing things right. When your friendship groups change from people that were stuck into your old habits and you start coming to people that are, are driven human beings and wanting to get better, and you know, you're putting stuff on instagram or content you're doing and, and they're reaching out saying oh you know that's really good that's really resonated with me that's really good and you see things keep on changing and that's how you know that you're starting to go into the right direction you're moving correctly we call it
1: what are your um, um, ambitions in life have you gone as far as to set goals uh, 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 and is the first one to share your experiences as you are on the podcast because as, as you know there are so many people out there who would lack the information or the energy or the drive to get better. Yeah, this is, this
0: is it. We want this podcast and I'm going to be bringing these out all the time for, for motivation for people to start their foundation, start their building blocks, get outside, spend an hour, start breaking down who they are as a human being, what they want to do. Do they want to sell at work? Do they want to excel in a relationship? What do they want to excel at? And really start stripping people back and them getting, and excelling as a person because at the moment we're living in such a small percentage of what we can be living as a person our, our our boundaries our comfort zones whatever you want to call them are so small and I just want people to find who they are and excel and and like I said through the way of living this way I found out new hobbies I want to do made new friends and it's just an incredible incredible way of living. I want people to be able to deal with their issues head on. I want people to be able to speak about their issues head on and speak to the next person and then build this community and this movement going forward when everything is okay. Everything is okay for people to see to speak to. Like I I told you that story about me overdosing and sniffing the, the the pot like to be that vulnerable and it's not even vulnerability. It's just being honest about who you are, where you've come from and then learning from that and growing and growing and growing and really setting yourself in a direction that's only going to be up. And look, you will have dark days, but because you've you've, um, fought with different issues you've had head on, you start building up resilience and mental toughness. And can you deal with it a lot better than before? Yes. Are you going to be a better person? Are you going to grow out of the situation a lot better than you would do if you didn't and fight them head on yes you're going to be a better person every single time and and the the plan for me now is just to carry on trying to enlighten people you know I want to get into doing talks um, seminars um, and just do like I said before about when I was when I was so big and I couldn't couldn't run and I, I couldn't move um, you know I can run marathons now so my plan is I want to do doing 100k run uh, I'm going to do something huge for the RPA as well, for for the charity that helped me. So I've got lots of ideas going on,
1: but you know, I'm just going to keep reassessing all the time. And and the only way is up from here. Just tell us finally the marathons that you you and you, under, you under, undertook a couple of weeks ago. Just go through what the what the um what the events were that you did.
0: So I did five five marathons in five days. So I did a marathon on an indoor rower, a marathon on a cross trainer, a marathon on a bike, a marathon on a treadmill. And then I did 10K of each one back to back. And on that, I, I said last week on the pod that I wrote this big sign saying quit. And I think everything that I'd done over the last couple of months, all the mental strength training, everything I've done delving deep into my past, fighting everything head on, my adoption, my, my dad being a rapist, whatever it was, I'd fought head on. And here I am, 25 kilos lighter than I was a couple of months ago on a treadmill, no music, no nothing, with a sign in front of me that says quit, staring at this for three and a half hours and then finishing it and just, you know, being euphoric. And it really shows that you can come from absolutely anywhere on this earth and you can you can become the person you want to be just by making a decision and saying, Fuck, I'm gonna take my mind back.
1: Do you think you'll be a great dad from now on to your daughter?
0: Yeah, so this is the thing. The relationship that I've got with my ex partner, like we're best friends now, and you know, she she continually tells me how how far I've come as a person and the relationship I've got with with my daughter is just you know amazing and i can't wait to see every time i see her there's it's just a real connection and it's something i never had before because i was letting i was letting external factors always get in the way i was letting my depression my my mindset everything like that get in the way of what life's all about life's all about relationships and just just sucking every bit of energy out of this earth that we can get and you give that back you give the energy back to this earth by being a good person by breaking yourself down and wanting to become a better version of yourself each day.
1: Well, oh, that's a perfect way to to end, I think. It's a great story, um, bravely spoken, and uh, congratulations on still being with us.
0: Thanks, mate. Um, no, I enjoyed doing that, and I enjoyed sharing that with you. You know, I've never really spoke that much depth into everything in in one go, and hopefully this is going to encourage the next person out there with any struggles big or small to you know light that little spark talk about with your mind and create something big and um just start powering on and start feeling the energy the surf has to give and you know we've got some real good guests coming up on the next couple of episodes of the the mj podcast so again thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week